wanted to say speaking of diarrhea so badly and then we got further and further away from it <laughs> all right next time i bring up fecal matter i'll send to you first thank you hi welcome to hat trick i am jordan dollar coltman i'm joined by elliot tanti and Braden dollar coltman uh elliot took the week off last week we had a great conversation with christian steck about basketball and we're going to talk a little bit about basketball because march madness is wrapping up but this week uh, we have to get to some unfortunate news out of Vancouver. That's what we'll start with. But first off, welcome back, Elliot. Uh, you had a, hopefully a restful week away from us last week. I hope that uh, you're ready to go for a big episode today. How you doing? Oh, yeah. Local court's feeling good. Man, Christian was awesome last week. His insight and uh, uh, and thoughts were really good. And what a good guest. And uh, uh, you can replace me with him anytime. That's outstanding. You guys average? average at best but christian really carried the show about last week all right mr average how you doing brady i'm doing great christian yeah christian's always got a lot to say when it comes to basketball um his bracket was completely busted as i'm sure many are they were close to being busted last uh last night uh but uh it's madness march madness all right let's get to it here's uh topic one so speaking about madness and a different type of uh, late March, early April madness, um, we find ourselves in the first real serious COVID-related NHL issue in the North Division. So early in the season, we had talked a little bit about how COVID was affecting you know, the Dallas Stars and the Buffalo Sabres and um, some of the teams in the United States. But somehow for a good portion of the first couple months of the North Division, the Scotia North Division, um, Canada had escaped uh, any sort of COVID, uh, real real COVID issues. That changed a couple of weeks ago. Obviously, as Oiler fans, we all remember Montreal Canadiens, a little scare there. They had a few players that tested positive. It cost the Oilers and the Canadiens a couple games against each other. Montreal uh, had, to po- had to have games postponed. Edmonton was stuck sitting in hotel rooms. They ended up playing a game in Toronto um, in the interim, but they, they will have to make up some games with Montreal. And then of course this week, the whole schedule just went to shit. Uh, the Canucks here in Vancouver have found themselves in a real predicament. It started with just a couple players a week ago. They postponed a few games and then it just, it just snowballed. And that's what it happens with an infectious disease. I mean, I don't know what else to say, but they are up to now somewhere near, they believe around 20, 19 to 20 cases uh, in the Vancouver Canucks organization. Of course, with some of the privacy rules, we don't know the exact number of players that have been tested positive or who are in very close contact and therefore also in protocol. Uh, there's also coaching staff involved and a, and a couple of players on the taxi squad, but really uh I mean, the Canucks are unable to play. The, the assumption now by the league is that, you know, essentially the entire team has it or, or is in contact with it. Um, so they have been postponed. The idea was that they'd be able to get back to practicing and games. There'd be a game scheduled with the Flames on April 8th. I think at this point, it's fair to say that's probably not going to happen. Um, definitely up in the air if there'll be enough players available even out, out of uh, quarantine for that to happen. So there's a few things. Um, just before we get into it, I'll, I'll give you some of the statistics or the facts here the NHL has put out. So the NHL, again, as I said, believes basically essentially the entire team is considered positive at this point. This is a variant. It's the Brazilian variant of the virus. 
Um, the NHL has not yet seen that or experienced that. So this is the first time that that's become an issue, which is obviously a big problem. And for those who don't know, these variants are a little bit different than the traditional symptoms. So we're talking diarrhea, we're talking vomiting, uh, we're talking mm. slightly different things. And there is also now news reporting out of here that those, unfortunately, and this is the human part of this, they have spread to family members of the Canucks. So this is not a good situation. Uh, obviously, most important beyond hockey and anything else is people's lives. So that's the priority. Uh, the Canucks have shut down, um, and it will last longer than originally announced. The NHL has not yet announced when that will end, but currently it's sort of a rolling timeline. Um, obviously, this is going to affect the schedule for the North Division, so they believe now games for the North Division will extend past May 11th uh, into what was originally scheduled as a buffer week, but it's probably going to mean that there will be regular season hockey played for the North up until May 14th. Um, and obviously this may be a necessary delay for the playoffs. Uh, it means that potentially the U.S. divisions could go into the playoffs earlier than the North, um, which is a whole different conversation to have about rest and all of those things. If, you know, if those divisions get ahead of the North and, well, you know, lots of things to, to dig into here. Finally, I'll just say that the NHL currently doesn't uh, want to or uh, is not currently pursuing a plan to use points percentage to wrap up the standing. So at this time, their intention is to still play out the regular season. This is not the Canucks are done and all of these kind of things. The goal is to find a way to still get the season done. I think at this point, it's safe to say we don't know what's going to happen. And maybe that's where we start with. When you first heard this news, Elliot, what were your initial thoughts? Well, first and foremost, of great concern for the, anyone in the organization, anyone involved in this. I mean, uh, what we've seen is that the variants are are far more aggressive than your typical COVID nineteen, and and that's what part of the reason why it makes them so dangerous. So, first and foremost, like concern for the players and and their families and the coaches and coaching staffs are not young so they are there's also concern around how that may impact people not you know you hope everyone's the best i mean the other piece of news that i heard and i don't know if this is a rumor confirmed but training staff were going into players houses and providing iv to people i mean that is uh, let's just take this out of the realm of of hockey and sports where we are and where we where we tread that's serious and so um you know, obviously, our concerns. I think I speak for all of us uh, for uh, and thoughts or with with people affected by this right now. Um, I feel like, you know, to be quite honest, I felt as though the North Division was quite arrogant throughout the year about how well that they had handled COVID and how they hadn't had any impacts and how great the North Division is, how great Canada is, and blah 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 blah. Gets this Canadian exceptionalism that I can't really stand and it really. Um, you know, it, it, it feels as though we've almost called this upon ourselves, if, if that makes any sense. And, uh, and so I, I don't like that. Um, you know, the, the, the league is committed to the integrity of, of sort of the season. I, I just, based on the Montreal experience and with the extent of this, I don't know how we return back to play in a healthy way by Thursday, though, if, if that's what they're suggesting. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's Vancouver already missing four games. If we're looking at them missing five, six, seven, I mean, that's a pretty substantial impact to their season. Uh, and, and there's a part of me that thinks that maybe Vancouver doesn't come back. And what kind of team comes back when they do? Those yeah. are my initial thoughts. Yeah. Braden? Yeah, I mean, I'm with Elliot. Like, this is, this is um, these are people's lives that we're, we're dealing with. There's, there's some serious illness going around with, with, uh, with the variants. Um, but it is, uh, 
it is a shitty situation. Speaking of diarrhea, it's like this is the worst case scenario. This is uncharted territory for the NHL, for any professional league to deal with a, a whole team completely affected by, you know, everything that they had in place was there to protect one, two, three players. Well, to protect the team and the rest of the teams from, you know, one, two, three players um, contracting the virus. And now we're, we're in a situation where, uh, yeah, I mean, I, it's confusing. I, I don't know. Like, do, does, is it a, is it an AHL team that ends up uh, replacing these players? Do they, how quickly do they get healthy? I mean, uh, God forbid somebody doesn't, survive something like like they there this is serious it's really serious situation and and they have to be monitoring this and the next steps are going to be very important to determine yeah i think like what they do, elliot what? said like elliot said sorry to cut you off there brayden uh, you know i think not just that the north division perhaps was um cocky or was arrogant about it but i think you know the nhl really I think had had begun to believe that they had gotten through the worst of it in the early parts of the season where they were having issues with, you know, the Dallas stars have been um, sort of multiple uh, offenders. I don't know if you want to call it that, but they've had multiple issues, I guess is the right <laughs> way to put it. And I mean, they're in it now. They've got a, Nick, their coach bonus had to leave the game after the second period because the test came back positive. I don't know how you're on the bench coaching if it's even a question mark, but I mean, literally he had to leave the game last night. Or maybe it was today. I don't even know when it was, but it was, you know, he couldn't come back to halfway through a game. They pulled a guy off the bench. That's crazy. So, I mean, this is the reality, I guess. You're going to play a season. This is what you're going to get. We're all enjoying watching hockey. So, you know, we had to understand that these people were taking some level of risk, but it's unfortunate. And as someone living in Vancouver, I can tell you it's really shifted the way a lot of people have been talking about this. Um, that's a big thing. You know, I think when you recognize that people, we've all been living in some level of, accepted risk but we're also sort of i think living a little bit in denial about the severity that we're still existing in a year into this and this kind of thing kind of wakes people up or shakes people up a little bit either way um so that's definitely true it's definitely going to be interesting and it's definitely frustrating when your team that you cheer for is being affected by it in other ways because you look around the league and you go or even just around the division you go you know this right now is affecting one team shockingly it hasn't affected other teams the same way but it's frustrating i mean that's the entire team and you want to figure out what's next i personally I don't you know i don't <laughs> i don't really live in the prediction business but i would say i would not be surprised if we get to a point here in the next couple of weeks where they're is a serious conversation about whether or not the Canucks ever come back this year, because it's just about both for their own safety and well-being, not knowing what the ramifications of this illness have long-term for players, um, but also just the impact of the schedule. I mean, eventually the NHL has to decide what's more important, getting the playoffs played and moving forward. They've been so steadfast in this belief that they have to finish the season in a way that allows them to set up next season in a traditional timeline, you know, that, there's going to have to be, I'm sure there is already conversations behind the scenes that haven't yet leaked out, but we're going to start to see those, those sort of cracks in the PR wall here soon. I think we're going to start hearing about, you know, I mean, the Canucks are not in a playoff spot right now, but at what point do you decide that the competitive opportunities left to them outweigh the benefit? You know what I mean? So we'll see, I guess it'll be interesting to see. Anyone on last thoughts there? Just on maintaining the integrity or the season and trying to get back to like a traditional time, you know, that has major ramifications on the Olympics coming up this year too. That's why the NHL is so keen to return to a regular schedule. So, you know, I'd have, I encourage our listeners to watch this story because it does have ramifications down the road on how impact Olympics are going to impact seasons and things like that. 
Yeah, and how and how other leagues are are going to deal with something such as this. All right, we'll leave it there for now. Definitely ongoing, but we'll leave it there. Topic two this week is brought to us by Busy Bee Vegan. Are you feeling hungry? Busy Bee Vegan is a plant-based meal prep service offering pre-made, delicious, and healthy plant-based meals to the greater Toronto area. Whether you're curious about plant-based vegan eating, looking to improve your overall health and wellness, or simply too busy to cook, Busy Bee is for you. Their plans are focused on eating clean without sacrificing taste and contributing to a healthy planet. They have made it super simple. Choose and order your meals from the multiple plans they offer, and they will deliver your meals in environmentally friendly compostable containers right to your door. You can find them on Instagram at Busy Bee Vegan Meals or on Facebook at Busy Bee Vegan. Go check out a small local business in Toronto and save the hassle of COVID grocery shopping and cooking. Let the Busy Bees feed you buzz-worthy meals. Okay, topic two this week. Uh, we're going to go... Uh, well, we're going to tee it off this way. Here's It's going to be kind of a fun little topic. We usually save like our fun, weird one for number three, but been a bit of a slow week uh so we're gonna do two fun topics this week uh so topic two this week uh stems from obviously the very exciting and very dramatic finish to the gonzaga um ucla game uh, in the final four for march madness we talked a little bit about uh, march madness last week and we acknowledged that you know i cheer for gonzaga every year because i own a hat that has a gonzaga bulldog on it and it makes me look cool but I look even cooler today because Gonzaga beat UCLA in one of the most exciting finishes we've seen in a while. It was a back and forth overtime game last night. UCLA being the 11 seed, the, the Cinderella story, everybody uh, was cheering for other than those of us in the Pacific Northwest who actually give a shit about Gonzaga football, basketball. And an amazing finish, Jalen Suggs with the buzzer beater. And it made me think. Do we have other favorite finishes? So not just buzzer beaters, although I think there's going to be a buzzer beater that comes up in this because there's some famous buzzer beaters. Um, but famous finishes, you know what I mean? Like there's always those moments, whether it's an overtime game, we talked earlier in the year about the, the golden goal, that's a great finish. But you know, like when you think all is lost and then something unbelievable happens, it's what we all love about sports, right? Those moments that just take you out of your chair and you go, holy shit, I can't believe I just saw that. I cannot believe that that just happened, whether it was live in front of my eyes or on the television. Last night I was sitting, my son was playing in the living room before bed, and I'm ca sort of casually watching the game. I'm enjoying it. I'm like, wow, this is a good back and forth game. That shot goes in, and the kid must have thought the house was falling down. Like I jumped up and screamed so loud. My wife came out of the other room. She's like, what is wrong? The kid's in tears because he thinks daddy's upset. I was so excited. It was just, it was, you know, that's what sports can do for you. It was me. unreal. Split it was unreal. A live moment takes your breath away, or in that case, completely just like you, you just have this animalistic response to it. And that's what we love about it. So favorite finishes. That's what we're going to talk about right now are crazy finishes. It doesn't have to be favorite, crazy finishes. Um, so Gonzaga, obviously last night, definitely up there. Uh, it's one, it's, it's just, it, you know, it'll go down to the record books. You know, the crazy thing about that shot, just really quickly, the, the fact that UCLA tied the game with like three seconds left, well, missed the shot got the rebound, tied the game with three seconds left. Everybody's thinking we're going to double overtime. And then it's a half court heaver. Like 
that's unreal 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 Unreal. yeah and you watch out today you know on instagram they've got all of the clips of like you know ucla fans or or just people who bet on them uh watching it thinking that they've won and then instantly watching it crumble in front of them it's just you know that's what sports does it's awesome so i have a question on on that play because if somebody understands basketball i think it's a a, is is that is the half half court shot more likely because they just scored points, so everyone's returning to their normal defense. Like it's, it, I get the sense that UCLA sort of played that poorly because they had just oh, yeah. scored. Like they, they there should have been more pressure, right? Absolutely. Yeah. No, they should have been. They should have been on uh, the first guy. They Jalen Suggs is the guy with the last shot, so they they should have had all five of their guys ready for. Uh, and it, and you know it's interesting because it, it's it seemed like in their faces they thought that there was less time on the clock as well, that they were just going to be going double overtime. Um, and, uh, and that's what you do when you're taking, yeah, when it, it caught them off guard for sure, but they should have been applying more pressure. Yeah. So it was just a quick transition from Gonzaga and then so obviously a, a lucky shot too, but yeah, it oh, seemed yeah. like he should have been like that. He got that shot off way too easy and he got halfway down the court. I thought way too easy. So, okay. Thank you for confirming my suspicion. <laughs> All right. So let's go through, let's, let's, let's jump right into it. Um, how about we go with Braden first, Braden, do you have a favorite finish or no, let's, do you have like, like yeah, you know, no, one I, of those eventful, exciting finishes? What's your favorite Yeah, or crazy finish? Well, it's got, it's, I mean, oh yeah. So the Kawhi Leonard four bouncer to, to end the game in the second round of the 2019 NBA playoffs against the Sixers is definitely my favorite and probably most of basketball fans in Canada's favorite shot uh, and buzzer beater. There's something interesting for me about, you know, last minute shots or, or buzzer beaters there. In basketball, I think that there's so much more exciting because the clock stops I mean, I guess this is the same in football, but the clock stops and yet the play continues. So there's this moment where you uh, you hold your breath in anticipation of this, you know, this thing, ha- you know, field goal going through or not. But in basketball, uh, you know, there it's there's just such a there's such an uh, an exciting anticipation for that. And with what happened with Kawhi, like he hit the rim, it hit the rim again, it hit the rim, like. And then it went in like there. It's just there. Uh, I just love okay, it. Okay, so I guess that's what so, I'm trying to say. There's so much excitement when it comes down to the last play of the game. All right, and let's that, play the clip. Here's the clip. Here's the clip. It's off the Leonard, defended by Simmons. Is this the tagger? Maybe, maybe. Unreal. It's entertaining. Like sports are entertaining. But to be able to watch the reactions of so many fans and also the players of, of just complete shock and elation, it's that's that's what sports that's why sports is so exciting for me. You know, it's funny. It's like it's it's definitely one of those for me. It's like it's right up there too. I remember watching it live. But it's also one of those plays that like you have you have moments that are remembered in a few different ways. We talked a little bit a, a while ago about like the golden goal. So when I say Sidney Crosby's golden goal. You can probably in your mind's eye remember the call, right? Yeah. It's from Aginla to the corner. Sidney Crosby, the golden goal. And Canada has once in a lifetime Olympic gold. Right? You remember that. And then you probably also have a visual memory memory of that moment, but also like Crosby's reaction. This play, it's yeah. all visual for me. I remember seeing the shot go up and then Kawhi dropping 
down into like that deep squat like he wasn't even sure it was going to go and then exploding up the bench is right he's right on the bench it's just like everything about it you're right it's one of but the here's the big things. mystery in that in that somebody needs to tell me why he has a blue tongue because he's been drinking gatorade that better be it that's not that even that confusing to me could have been pop rocks could have been huh? i guess could have been. Maybe Could he's have like Marshawn Lynch. Maybe he needed to eat uh, Skittles it. to keep his tummy calm. The blue Kool-Aid. All right. This so, is a slow week. <laughs> <laughs> Braden's going to go with Kawhi Leonard. All right, Mr. Slow Week. What do you got for us, Elliot? What's your crazy finish? So here's – I'll set it up for you. This is not, not only an experience I, I, I witnessed live. I was in the building when it happened. Nice. And nice. I've recently discovered – that Jordan, I believe you were in the building as well, too. So was Braden. And so was Braden. The game was. between the Edmonton Oilers and Dallas That's Stars, true. January 4th, 2007. And this clip's been played hundreds of times. It's always the number one misplay of the decade, year, whatever, century. Yeah. Patrick Stefan, who had, comes down on a breakaway empty net against the Edmonton Oilers with 10 seconds to play in the game. The puck jumps on him as he tries to stick handle it, literally stick handle it into the net. It goes over his stick. He falls in the process of trying to correct his mistake. <laughs> Next thing you know, it's defenseman to Smith to, he to Hemsky uh, with three seconds left and puts it in the net to tie it. it, it, it it's, it's an iconic 5-5 game, or a game that you know ends 5-5 or goes into the shootout, but iconic moment. He was Patrick a second, round, second overall pick. First. Jordan said he was first. Oh, was he first? first? Braden. Oh first. All oh right, here's the clip. Goodness. Here's the clip. Clear defining. Can you believe what we just saw? I didn't. I couldn't believe what I just saw. And, and you can hear in that clip, like I remember being in the stadium, he's coming down and there's this dejection because Bergeron has once again misplayed the puck with, you know, <laughs> 15 seconds to go. And now, and you hear this like, oh, and then Patrick Stefan's coming down and, and he falls and there's this kind of laughter. It's like, well, at least we get that. And, yeah. and then there's the quick up for Bergeron recovering to Smith. Bergeron and then Smith. you see, and you see it gets it louder and louder. And then, then all of a sudden Hemsky's in and who do you want? Like Hemsky in his prime, one of the best people you want with the puck on a breakaway. And he does a classic deke streaking in um, and, and scores a goal. And uh, you know, so, we have to start a club of people that have been, been, been we're at, at that, that game. game. But I rem th there was, there was, it was like dejection, laughter, excitement. Yeah exclamation like you remember how that game ended uh they lost in a shootout to that's I the think. unfortunate part Who's do you remember backup? who the backup was yeah i remember so vividly watching in practice this backup for dallas yeah oh ben a young uh, i could guess mike no mike smith mike smith nice. yeah mike smith yeah because turco funny. taught him how to all his puck handling skills that ah, all came from okay turco. okay because turco was excellent with the puck and i think you know the smith so is better than him about, now we were talking about how we remember that play and i also was in the building it's funny that that, that game has another funny story for Braden and i we were sitting 
lower than we ever usually did with tickets to the yeah, yeah, like we were in like the fifth row something. or something lower bowl very weird um but we started a chant at one point in like the second period of zubov zabum zubov zabum and the whole section started chanting it you know what sergey zubov the old def- dallas defenseman um but that play i mean well, brain and i if you watch the clip right uh on the side of the uh the the Oilers zone when they're clearing the puck up to Smith when the defenseman makes the pass. There's two white jerseys that jump up out of their seats. That's Braden. You can see this <laughs> in the video. It's pretty funny. Um, but no, you're right. It's one of those. The other iconic moment from that I remember is Ray Ferraro on the call because I mean, you, I've watched that clip a thousand times. We've all seen it. Patrick Stefan, you should be ashamed. That's what he said. It's a classic Ray Ferraro. Like, like you should be ashamed of yourself. Great. I bet he is. I bet he still is. Well, it's like his only highlight as an NHL player. It's literally listed here. I'm looking on Google. Patrick Stefan's career defining. (laughs) Brutal. That is brutal. It's got to be like, you know, like we all joke about Nail Yakupov is like maybe the worst first overall pick career wise, but there's nobody worse than Patrick Stefan when that's what defines it. (laughs) All right. uh, We're way over time here on topic two. So let me finish this out here. Um, We've talked a little bit briefly on the show about the CFL. This play, I think, is the beginning of the end of the last sort of golden years of the CFL, when it mattered in Canadian sports, when people talked about it, when it was relevant. The late sort of early 2010s or whatever it was, 2007 is this highlight. No, pardon me, 2009 is this highlight. The Patrick Stefan one is 2007. That's why I'm remembering this. Uh, 2009, Grey Cup, 97th Grey Cup in Calgary, Montreal Alouettes, Saskatchewan Rough Riders, right? The Rough Riders, the most beloved and rich fan base in the CFL, but they have struggled for years to win a Grey Cup. It's like the cursed team. They're the Cubs of the CFL, right? They take control. Um, Darian Durant is the quarterback. He's dominated this game. At one point, it's 17-3. I believe it's 17-3 going into the half. They've led the game the whole way, and then slowly, piece by piece, Anthony Calvillo, Ben Cahoon, classic CFL names, chip away. You know, it's the Mark Tressman Alouettes. They claw all the way back. They get a touchdown with two minutes left in the game. They go for two points to tie, and they miss the two-point conversion. So now they're down by two points. They need a touch or field goal to win. They get a great defensive stop. They come all the way back up the field into field goal range with three seconds on the clock. Only enough time for a kick, right? They tee it up. They, they, the snap is there. The kick is wide. Saskatchewan is one, but wait, there's a flag on the play. And all of a sudden, the iconic slogan of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders for years was fear the 13th man. They called their fan base the 13th man because 12 men on the field for CFL football, 13th man in the crowd was just always terrifying, great noise, 13 men on the field. The worst case scenario, too many men, they go up 10 yards, Duvall gets a second chance, he nails the field goal, and the Montreal Alouettes break the entire province of Saskatchewan's heart. Here's the highlight, one of the greatest finishes I've ever heard. You should be ashamed of yourself. To be the hero, he's missed, but they're all down. Penalty markers down, all over the field. 
Legal substitution. Too many men on the field. Saskatchewan. Oh, my. That's a 10-yard penalty. Oh, my. Duval gets a second chance from 33 yards out to win the 97th breakup. Ball down. Ball through. And the Montreal Alouettes have come all the way back. There you go. And the, they, to this day, refuse to admit who the extra man was. But we all know that somebody, they're career defining moment they know personally they were the guy who shouldn't have been there was it the guy who returned the kick from beyond was it an extra lineman who was it uh oh my gosh just what a what a game and if you if you ever cheered for a team other than the riders you hated the riders so the entire country of canada was just loving this moment because the riders are like the cfl's yankees the 13th man is that is that group of asshats that show up at your home stadium every time they Saskatchewan plays gets too lit and then boot cheers <laughs> as Saskatchewan kicks the shit out of your team in your own field in your own stadium and you feel awful about the entire experience the entire time and so they were the 13th man analogy is so funny about that that's, that's the thing that's so funny about it but yes it did also I think that there were economic repercussions. <laughs> oh, for sure. It's so ridiculous. I, it's we definitely that. the return man, think, though, right? It's I always the that, return man. I think that year my family went to Mexico at Christmas, and we saw a guy on the beach by the resort with a Saskatchewan Rough Riders hat, and my dad yelled down the, <laughs> down the beach, hey, look, we found the 13th man. And the guy just flipped from <laughs> the bird. But it's like, it didn't matter where you went. If every Riders fan knows exactly what you're talking Not about. And it's, oh, it's brilliant. Well, it's but clearly it's the return man, right? You don't have a return yeah. if you're because they you get the extra points if they down it in the end zone anyway. So, all right. Well, that was fun. Uh, way over time. Who cares? That was a fun topic. Crazy finishes. Uh, and who knows? We got a, another basketball game on Monday. Maybe there'll be a buzzer beater to win it there in the end. Um, all right. That's topic two. Do you or someone you know own a small business? Are you looking to grow or to reach new customers? Hey, why not let us help? Hattrick is looking for unique brands, businesses, and products to advertise on our show. You can find out how we can help spread the word about your business by contacting us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. All right, we're going to go to hats off here. It's our favorite topic. It's an Elliot creation, so I always like doing it when he's with us. Um, really quickly, topic two, we're going to post all, all three of those clips on our Instagram. So if you follow us on Instagram, you know, each week we throw a little to- topic one, two, and three um, post up there in topic two, if you swipe right, swipe right or left. I don't know how it works. It's not like Tinder. I think it's Instagram and Tinder are not the same thing, right, Elliot? I wouldn't know, Jordan. I've been with the person that I've been with since before Tinder was created. Correct answer. Uh <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're gonna we'll move on. Uh, to hats off. Either way, go to our Instagram. You'll see the clips if you haven't seen them in a while. Um, we're gonna do hats off for those who don't know what hats off is. We tip our caps to somebody or something or a group of people or an inanimate object that we believe has made a significant contribution to the world of sports this week. Um, Have we done that yet? Has uh, been yeah. an inanimate object yet? No, but mine is not. Mine is mine is sort of an amb- ambiguous thing. I'm gonna go first. Mine's right. a very large collective of people. In fact, it's an organization. I'm going to tip my hat to the Major League Baseball. Major League oh. Baseball making a very important political statement today by pulling the All-Star game from Georgia in response Indeed. to the new uh, voting law passed by the Republican House there in Georgia. That is, it is clearly an 
unequivocally anti-democratic. It is a voter suppression law. There is no conversation I'm willing to have that suggests it is not. But it is the first time we've seen a major sports organization take this kind of hardline political statement. Um, obviously, you know, Delta and some other corporations have have pushed back against Georgia, but this is a huge um, statement by Major League Baseball to remove the All-Star game. And in fact, they've also removed the draft from Georgia in the next two years. So they pull it out there. They haven't announced where it will go instead, but it's just a big statement. And I applaud Major League Baseball for taking a stand. We've so often had stories about professional sports burying their heads in the sand and trying to avoid controversy and trying to avoid political situations. But here you have a great example of an organization that is willing to stand in for something that is uh, just so important for them to have stood into. So my hat comes all the way off uh, to Major League Baseball. I applaud you and congratulations for doing the right thing. All right, Braden, yep. All right, my hat uh, is going off to the great Roy Williams. Uh, he was the University of North Carolina's head coach, basketball head coach for 33 seasons, having won a total of 903 wins as a college basketball head coach. He is the only uh, head coach in, in college basketball to have won 400 games for two schools. I think that's quite a feat. Uh, he's, uh, he's a great head coach. He's, you know, he's coached a lot of the great uh, players that have gone on to, uh, to do some great things in the NBA. Um, I'm trying to see here. He's, he's uh, three, I think, total three NCAA uh, championships which, you know, as we're watching March Madness right now, it's hard to even get to one. Um, but uh, a great career. He's been a staple there at North Carolina for the Tar Heels. He's, uh, if, you've, if you don't know who this guy is, you should, you should search him up and watch some of his videos of him dancing. He is a riot. He always has fun with his players. It looks like it, uh, he exudes that on the court and his players uh, has, take that on as well. It's a huge hole uh, that he's leaving there, but... Uh, uh, hats off to a great career uh, in Roy Williams. Elliot? Awesome. Those are both both great. Jordan, one small correction. MLB moving their All-Star game. They're not the first major league to do so. The NBA did in 2019 o over North Carolina's bathroom bill that was anti-trans. That's right, Charlotte. Um, and so, you know, I felt it was important to mention that your example is great, good on M MLB, but there's, there's another example there. My hats off this week goes off to the Stanford Cardinal, who today won the women's NCAA basketball championship. I think it's important. What's been important throughout this March Madness time has been that I felt as though the NCAA is starting to get closer to equal recognition of men's and women's collegiate sports. Uh, we've been talking a lot on local radio here in Edmonton about the women's basketball tournament as well, too. And I feel this is a good time to congratulate Stanford and Arizona, for that matter, for making the finals. Uh, but hats off to the Stanford Cardinal who won today. That's my Can we just agree, though, that that's got to be one of the most like awkward names in sports? Stanford well, it's, the, it's the mascot that makes it awkward. Yeah, it's a terrifying Christmas thing? tree that's going to murder you in your sleep. Have you ever seen this this mascot, Elliot? Nope. Google the nope. go, like, Google it right now. Yeah, Google, Google the Stanford, Stanford Cardinal. Cardinal mascot. We got a minute fifteen left in the topic. Cardinal. But good for them. That's that's a dominant. Oh, totally. And I I completely agree. Nothing to be taken oh, away from God. them. 
god. Yeah. Are you oh, right? Oh, I, I, there's multiple iterations here. None of them are any good. <laughs> the only mascot that might be worth is the uh, what is it? The San Diego Technical oh, Institute Gooey Ducks. Oh, Santa, Santa Cruz. Cruz Gooey Ducks. Have you ever seen? No, a no, 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 no. Santa Cruz Banana Slugs. Oh, even Santa Cruz Banana. Slugs mascot. Okay. And nothing screams intimidation. <laughs> oh, God, <All> right. <laughs> We're going to oh, post okay. both of those on our Instagram as well. Swipe oh. left to see those. Oh, or right. Geez. Who knows? Well, anyway, I, I'm, I'm here to say, I'm, I'm here to. Uh, Elliot's anyway. no longer tipping his cap. He's now hiding underneath it. There's, this is a grand. Okay. All right. All right. All right. This is okay. But hey, maybe know. that's why they won. I mean, that thing comes out onto the sidelines, yeah, and any yeah, team yeah. is like, you know what, guys, you 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 can have it. You win. I don't want that thing to murder me in my sleep. We'll leave that one for now. Uh, thank you both. It's been a lot of fun. Uh, I had a good good laugh this week. Happy Easter. Happy uh, spring is sprung here. Uh, hopefully, uh, we can do this again uh, uh, with some more fun, crazy finishes or. Or whatnot. Um, in the meantime, though, have a great week. Thank you, everybody, for listening to us. We appreciate it, and we will see you soon. This is Hattrick. Hattrick is a member of the Ordinary Podcasting Network. It's produced every week by Jordan Dyler Coltman and Braden Dyler Coltman. You can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Thanks for listening. That's yeah. a devastating story from your dad. <laughs> Pretty good, right? <laughs> hey, it's the 13th man. Look at the 13th. <laughs>